The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful you're joining me today. Last week, we had a great show on numerology with Alice Rosen. She shared the importance of understanding the influence that your birth name and date of birth can have on your entire life. Today, we are fortunate to have the national expert on abuse in upscale marriages, Dr. Susan Weitzman, as our guest later in the show. Abuse in wealthy families is much more common than we want to believe. The couple has a public image that doesn't match what goes on behind closed doors. Recent media coverage on domestic violence in the NFL has helped to create greater awareness. We will be going into more depth on this topic today because that's part of my mission with this show. We give you the tools to change your life through helpful information, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field. If you're trying to figure out how to find the silver lining in a difficult situation or how to rid yourself of persistent negative thoughts or have a personal story to share, please call during the show to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or email now or between shows to Dr. Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. And the phone number to call between shows is 1-214-736-4460. One listener from Florida wrote, Dr. Paula, I love that you challenged us by asking, what are you focusing on? What you have or what's lacking? That's so important. I know I do appreciate what I have, and wow, I certainly never expected to have this amazing life. I also remember how much I love my little 800-square-foot apartment that I moved into after I left my abusive husband. I loved it, the decor, the location, the freedom, and the privacy. Now I love this house. 
and yet I'm always worrying about the lack within myself. What am I doing wrong instead of looking at all I've done right? I'm going to talk with my husband about this so we can support each other in focusing on our successes. I really want to thank this listener for taking the time to write to me. I'm doing this show for you, and it gives me great pleasure to know that I'm making a difference in your lives. The journey of learning to focus on the positive will pay off in improved mental, emotional, and physical health. So good for all of you who are doing it. One thing that will help in this month of October 2014 is to focus on this mantra. Where, where there is God, goddesses love, there be no fear or blockages, only positivity. I'm going to repeat that. Where there is God, goddesses love, there can be no fear or blockages, only positivity. I suggest that you say this every time your mind gets stuck on the negative or you feel yourself in fear. Just it over and over again until you feel calm, centered, and positive. One listener wrote, our listener wrote about loving her small apartment. Three of my clients in the last couple of weeks mentioned how much they are loving their new small apartments, their place of safety and comfort and coziness after leaving abuse. When I was struggling with making changes in my life, I wrote this poem entitled, A Space of My Own. It came from deep within me from nowhere, yet from the only place that mattered. I'm sleeping in our son's old room tonight so I can use my peppermint. One night became every night. No one sharing my breath, my movement, my energy. No one to take care of. No one trying to take care of me. No one to work things out with. Lights on, off, doors open, closed, TV covered, bare, aromatherapy or not. My music, your music, no music. A space of my own, a room of my own. The seed that Virginia Woolf planted years ago finally matured. I'm finding me under the layers of mom, wife, professional, volunteer, daughter, sister, niece, cousin, aunt, friend. To be alone and whole. I belong to me now. And in that belonging, better serve them than ever before. My window is wide open. Just the birds tonight. Thank you. I feel like hearing the birds. Not a reaction or a sacrifice. Only a simple, I want. A breeze of sweet air comes through. The first time I remember taking in clear air, breathing fully and smiling. Leaving an abusive relationship is very complex for many reasons. Of foremost importance is that the abused person has lost so much of their personal power that it's hard to find the energy, the strength, the courage, the clarity, and self-confidence to leave. Even as I write this, I wonder how someone listening to this can believe this is true because to the outside world, the abused person looks and acts whole, 
but they are not. We can have fancy degrees, high status jobs with substantial responsibilities and salaries. We function well in the professional realm, but not in the personal realm. It's as if we're two separate people. The abuser gets inside the person's head and takes over their thinking. The well-known psychoanalyst, Dr. Leonard Shengold, refers to the abused as experiencing soul murder. So much of one's self-esteem has been destroyed that making even simple decisions is difficult. Researchers estimate that one-third of the population experiences abuse at some point in their life. Frankly, I think this is an underestimate because most people and researchers don't know or count emotional and psychological abuse, and nobody seems to even talk about financial abuse. We excuse so much abusive behavior by calling it other names that are acceptable in our society. Controlling, manipulative, sarcastic, critical, anger management problem, aggressive, powerful, strong personality, etc. We even aggrandize the abuser. We allow it in the workplace when we think that the person is successful. We often don't realize the collateral damage or we think it's okay because the ends justify the means. The damage, however, is very real. Abuse affects morale, which affects performance. To assume that it doesn't is naive and short-sighted. I remember observing an interaction on a Sunday afternoon between two colleagues from a well-known business. The younger man was at the art museum for some much-needed enjoyment with his family. The higher-status man told him about something that he had read in the newspaper that could potentially be damaging to the younger man's career. The information was delivered in an alarmist fashion, but with enough loopholes so as to be able to later say, well, I told you I wasn't certain, but that you should just check it out. Predictably, the man left the museum with his family in a panic so he could go home and read the article that had no damaging information in it whatsoever. You could say that this was an isolated incident. Unfortunately, it isn't. When the abuser is successful, they continue to find ways to hurt those who are vulnerable. In extreme cases, mentally healthy people have been driven to suicide by abusive bosses. And not only do businesses allow abusive behavior, we find it in advertisements and in our societal attitudes. There's a wonderful new movie, Gone Girl, that's the story of emotional, psychological, and physical abuse taken to extremes. People's lives are literally controlled and destroyed by the actions of one individual. And how is it being advertised? One direct quote is, diabolical fun. I was so stunned that I wrote it down so that I could share it accurately with you. I have to say that I saw absolutely no fun in what transpired during the course of the movie. And in fact, 
the friend I was with said at the end, this felt like Alfred Hitchcock. I didn't see anybody around me laughing or smiling or having fun. Instead of making light of the content of a movie like this, we could be using it to raise societal awareness, to dissect how abuse happens, and to talk about what we can do to support change on all levels, in the individual's life, in the corporate life, and in society in general. And support is a key word. Remember the person who wrote me the email talked about wanting to discuss being positive with her husband so that they could support each other. When we're in the midst of change, we need support, and especially people who come from abuse because they're so used to being undermined. All too often, we support the abuser. The person who has been long-suffering becomes invisible. Friends, relatives, colleagues, acquaintances, even counselors, the people we go to for help, usually flock to the abuser, leaving the abused without support and feeling all alone and isolated. The fact is that they were always alone and only had the illusion of love, togetherness, friendship, and support. For those of you who want support, I do individual work with people over the phone, on Skype, and in person. If you enjoy a group and live near Dallas, I'm doing a workshop on October 18th at the Dallas Yoga Center from 2 to 4 p.m. and creating positive change in your life. For more information or to register, please call 214-443-9642. That's 214-443-9642. Or go to their website, DallasYogaCenter.com. I'll be using my ultimate creative problem-solving project process, which has been so successful in helping people release hidden fears and blockages and align their right and left brain so that they can move forward with more ease and speed. It can be helpful when making any life change, and especially when releasing fears about leaving an abusive relationship. Our guest today is here to shed more light on emotional, psychological, and physical abuse in wealthy homes. Dr. Susan Weitzman wrote a groundbreaking book, Not to People Like Us, Hidden Abuse in Upscale Marriages which identifies the unique tactics and characteristics of domestic abuse in upscale marriages. She was featured on Oprah 2020, NPR, and the Chicago Tribune when her book launched, and recently in the Daily Beast and on First Business, responding to the recent NFL scandal. A psychotherapist, litigation consultant, and national lecturer with more than 20 years of 
clinical experience. Dr. Weitzman is recognized internationally as an expert witness on upscale domestic violence and its impact. And we're fortunate to have her with us today. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you're enjoying our program, be sure to like us on Facebook. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Susan to talk with us about abuse and upscale marriages and how people develop the courage to leave and how we can help and support them. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And we're here with Dr. Susan Weitzman, author of the book, Not to People Like Us, Hidden Abuse and Upscale Marriages. Dr. Susan, welcome. I'm so glad to have you with us. I'm happy to be here, Paula. Thank you. You're welcome. And I thought a good place to start would be how you discovered this hidden abuse and um, and put the pieces together and and then started sharing it. Great question. So it also upscale, by the way, doesn't only mean income and wealth. It also means upper educated. You know, someone could could not have that kind of income and still be in, in the population I talk about. But how it started was I was on staff at the University of Chicago in the Department of Psychiatry, and I tended to be the person who treated the doctors and doctors' wives and professors. And uh, one person who came to see me was a professor's wife, and they were both pretty well-known in our country and abroad. And they came in for what seemed like marital communication issues. And so I saw them for a period of months, and things got better, and we terminated the case. And then about six months after that, the woman called me and came in. She was pregnant, which oftentimes is a trigger time for abuse if it's going to occur. And she revealed to me a systematic torture system her husband had developed in their house, in their basement, where she'd be locked in, couldn't make calls, couldn't get out. And he would also be violent with her as well as emotionally abusive. So her self-esteem was totally shot. She had already had children, and so this was an additional baby coming. And I was pretty mortified because I know about abuse. I've treated abuse. It never crossed my mind. It was as if there was a blindness because this was a well, you know, a couple of, of, of high standing in the community and in the world. And so I started asking the question to myself and to colleagues, is it that it happens less in this population or is it that it's not reported? So then I found myself in front of the, the, the mission of looking for unicorns because if it's that it's not reported, how do you get people to talk who don't talk about it? And so there is what I end up calling in the book this veil of silence over this population. And there's a lot of shame, as you mentioned before, so it gets hidden. There's that veil of silence. And so what I did was I started asking colleagues to see if they could refer anyone to me who might want to talk confidentially about what was going on in their marriage if they fit the profile at all. And I got a few calls, but then somebody took one of my classes, an adult education class I I was teaching at the university on the life cycle, and the gentleman came over to me after class, and he said, I'll get you your whole study. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, I'm an attorney, and that's the population I deal with, and at least half of my clients have been abused by wealthy partners. And so his secretary literally called people and had them interview with me. And then, you know, the research took off and, you know, then I found patterns, including the path of someone who's in upscale abuse and how they get out. So it's been an interesting ride because I I named it upscale abuse and I'm still the only one of the only people who's researched it and even talks about it. Dr. Susan, that was fascinating. And actually, I want to say that your book 
really helped me understand, as it did so many other people and continues to help people, as does the website that you have connected to that book. And I think that you're doing such a service to people. Um, and and the, the, the other aspect of it is, though, that often people are trying to understand after they finally get out. But how is it that somebody who's in the midst of abuse in an upscale marriage is able to figure it out and get out? How do they get the courage, the self-esteem, the ability, even the awareness of what's happening to them? Right, right. That's the key issue. You know, it's almost similar or at least along the same lines of someone who's coming out, you know, about homosexuality. There's a lot of fear about how it's going to be received and some shame and some doubt. And what happens in this community, in the upper educated, upper income, or people with enviable lifestyles, what happens is, A, they don't think they'll be believed. B, when they do come out, they usually aren't. And they're almost met with an animosity of, what have you got to complain about? That's why one of the sound bites I, I started saying was, no one can hear your screams on a three-acre lot. You know, and so, but they, you know, when I started lecturing on this, which is now a long time ago, I get questions from social workers or therapists or people in the audience saying, well, why are your women different? They become, they became my women. And I was saying, no, 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 it's not that they need some exclusive response. They are, in fact, being excluded and they needed to be included in the population seen as abused because there's a disbelief that's met. And so that disbelief keeps them, in fact, even more isolated because no one, they can't talk about it. So, for instance, when I did Cynthia McFadden's uh, 2020 on WABC, that was nationally shown, I still get emails to this day from people saying the date of the show and how the show was the trigger that got them to leave. And why is that? Because it was external validation. So when you say, how do people get to leave?, it's helpful for the people around them to be validating instead of denying or saying, oh, go back to him and work it out. It's just marital communication. Well, it isn't just marital communication. You know, abuse is abuse, and there is a continuum. And some people think emotional abuse doesn't leave scars, but I think those scars are harder to get rid of than a punch or a bruise that's physical. Absolutely, because it's in your head and it's hard to get it out. And we have a caller, Kathleen from Northbrook. Kathleen? Yes, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Dr. Weitzman. Hi, Kathleen. I would like to just make a couple of comments. And uh, first of all, to compliment Dr. Weitzman on the work she has dedicated her life to because she has helped so many untold women break this terrible, terrible cycle. And I I think the mere fact, um, she calls it a veil of silence, and that's exactly what it is. I think I'd put it more in terms of a crime of silence. And um, uh, Dr. Weitzman uh, has agreed to speak in North, on October 23rd at um, Our Lady of the Brook in order to bring this to light in our particular community. 
because um, what people and victims don't understand many times, and Dr. Weissman, correct me if I'm wrong, but they stay in these situations for the benefit of the children. Right. And what they don't realize is how they are scarring their children and in turn making them future victims. Right. Right, because that's what they're modeling. And I forget where I heard this quote just recently, but children, the the quote is, they are what we do. And and yes. And what we are, in other words. That's how children learn. And, And the very best thing that we can do for them is to leave and show them that they have options. So thank you so much for calling in, Kathleen. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. And Dr. Weitzman, again, thank you for your incredible work. Thank you, you so much. Helping. What she's talking about, I know this is a larger audience, the, the community she's talking about is in Northbrook, Illinois. Correct. And, and that's considered the North Shore. And the northern suburban suburbs, northwest suburbs, northern shore, has a very upscale, upper-educated population. So the fact that this contingency, uh, this ministry of churches are getting together to have me come talk, and we hope to expand it to the to the Jewish community as well. It is really a great big statement, and I've lectured a lot of places, including the World Bank, but to get this into the hands of the people who need it right now is, is very important and crucial, so she really has done a great thing. Well, keep up the good work, Dr. Weitzman. Thank you. You're in my prayers. <laughs> Take yeah. care. Have a and, good day, and- ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. And and I think that the thing about that, too, is that so uh, the importance of the interfaith um, leadership community is that so often our religious leaders will say, go back and try again. The Bible says, or it's not, it's in our tradition not to divorce, or we don't, we believe in, in, in trying. And he or said, they talk about the sanctity, the sanctity of marriage. And if you look up the word sanctity, what sanctity really means is uniqueness. It doesn't mean holy. It actually means uniqueness. So they're into the sanctity of marriage, but does it remain marriage if it's abusive? Is that still under the the heading of what a marriage should be? And I think that's the loophole there. Well, and and I think the other thing, too, is in Judaism, there's also the concept of shalom bayit peace in the home and 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 I think that there's also in the Bible the concept of of the um, responsibilities of each marital partner to the other and respect uh, is uh, among that and so right you're supposed to be your wife is holy to you and your partner should be holy to you exactly Exactly. So I'm so glad um, to hear that. And and we, so we so this is one way that people can find out what's really happening to them. Because I think the thing about physical abuse is that even though it's still hard to leave, at least you know when you've been physically hit. But when you've been hit with words and thoughts and emotional um, trauma, you don't understand that that's abuse, too. You think it's just normal because maybe your parents did that or maybe you really do deserve it because you've been beaten down so much. Well, my little girl, who is a very old soul, 
she says, you know, about bad words, she says, you know, you cannot unburst a balloon. Once the balloon is burst, that's like bad words. It's done. You can't take it away, you know, or like holes in a fence. Once the holes are made, the holes are there, you know. Um, it, so, yeah, it's very hard. Now, what I found in the studies was like when people would finally go to like an ER for physical abuse, if they were upscale or like one in my book, one example is a doctor who went to an ER, they were afraid to inquire about abuse because they didn't want to offend her. And so she came up with some outrageous story about a coffee table and the glass cut her hand and lacerated it, and no one even pursued it. They just sewed it up and sent her home. Luckily, thankfully, that's changing, and there are protocols, and you even find cards in the women's stalls in various bathrooms, you know, where numbers you can call. So uh, thankfully, that is changing. But in terms of the shame of coming out, when the book first came out, and now I'm working on a second one in terms of how to fight um, legal abuses that happen all the time in the courtroom. The courtroom is the new venue for what I call upscale abuse. But when the first book first came out, one of the places I went on the tour was a very big bookstore here, a very well-known bookstore that had coffee shop in it. And Anyway, they, they broadcast my book reading on a microphone, a PA, throughout the whole store. And so during my talk, my husband went to get some coffee, and he saw this woman sitting in the art section, supposedly reading a book. Well, she had the book upside down. So she wasn't even reading it. She just did not want to be seen in the audience, but she was there for the talk. And that's such a, you know, a vibrant physical image of what people go through before they'll even come out about it. Well, and and it's also confusing, I think, to other people because, I mean, like what people said to me is you had the perfect marriage, you know, why, why are you divorcing? People don't see what's going on, so they get very confused and they think that the abused person is crazy or, or stupid or whatever. And, and like you say, you know, about the money, people don't understand that you know, money is the least important thing for happiness as long as we have shelter and clothing and food. Well, I had, a, I had a patient who left a very, very lavish lifestyle and ended up also in an 800-square-foot apartment. And she used to come in and say, I love my, this is what you read, I love my little apartment. It's so safe. I can have dessert in bed. I can, all the freedoms that she had in this little apartment. It was like the biggest place in the world. And she came from a mansion. So, no, money isn't everything. But money does have an impact. And there is, as you said, what I call fiduciary abuse. But I've worked with some very, very household name, partners of household names I've, I've treated. And sometimes the threat of financial uh, consequences is used as on the children. So the partner will say, if you tell anyone what I've done, the kids get cut out of their inheritance, they don't get to college. You know, there's financial threats that actually are leveraged that impact what you call collateral damage, which impact the kids. Right. Exactly. The kids become a pawn in many ways. Affection as well, because the children often go with the abuser. And um, and so the the person who's been abused gets 
isolated and judged or sometimes not even spoken to. Right. So, so it, there are consequences, absolutely. But as, and we're going to go on break and in, 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 after this and pick the, the conversation up when we come back. But, you know, there are consequences of continuing abuse, the cycle of abuse into the next generation. And at some point, somebody has to say it stops here, no more, regardless of the personal consequences, to at least um, show that there is another way and that life doesn't have to be lived this way. And that this isn't living, this is surviving. People talk about survivors of abuse, but you're surviving in abuse. I want people to leave and live, um, truly live. So I want to um, continue this conversation after the break. I'm so grateful that Dr. Susan Weitzman is here to talk with us about this. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Susan. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And we're here with Dr. Susan Weitzman talking about 
abuse in upscale marriages, including emotional and psychological abuse. And I want to make sure that you all know that her website is www.thewhitesmancenter.org. Uh, is a, a good point of contact. Um, Dr. Also, you know, if you want, I, I'm not sure exactly how to do this, but I know you can follow me on Facebook and at Twitter, and we're going to be um, sending out this podcast as well as letting you know of upcoming events like the event on October 23rd here in Northbrook. So, and, and there's many ways to reach me or just Google me because I run retreats, I do counseling, I do testifying. And, and most important is the lectures that come around in various states because that's really what opens people's minds up to this. Wonderful. And we have another caller, Dr. Laurent from Chicago. Dr. Lauren? Yes, yes. Um, I called mainly to uh, make a comment that many years ago I had seen uh, Dr. Weitzman on a uh, TV show with 20, was 2020, and um, the women that she was talking with uh, were similar to the patients that I'd been seeing for many years, but I had never included in part of my intake questionnaire anything that had to do with... Uh, with domestic abuse or upscale abuse. Uh, after seeing her, I started to add questions to, uh, to my own intake, and over the years, it's been a, an invaluable addition uh, in finding women and making it easier for them to, uh, to uh, express things that took place that uh, they were afraid to volunteer. So I just wanted to call and thank her for that, and I hope that more therapists and social workers uh, have it as part of their intake questions that can somehow elicit uh, if there's been any abuse taking place. I, I so appreciate your sharing that, and I do hope that you're sharing that, your intake form with colleagues and doing speeches about it, writing articles to spread the word, because what you're saying is so important. Dr. Yeah. Susan? Yeah, I really appreciate that feedback. I've 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 heard it before, thankfully, and uh, you know I think it changes one mind at a time, and that's true for professionals. And part of what the Whiteson Center does, we don't have a virtual we have a virtual center. We don't have a physical uh, bricks and mortar center, but we do train professionals. And we recently did a conference last year looking at ways to clinical and legal strategies to combat the kind of abuse that goes on in the, in the legal field, meaning when there's divorce and custody battles. And we had a very big turnout. So professionals are, you know, becoming more aware of it. And I believe mm-hmm. the person who, who's on the line or just called, I think he was at that conference. So, you know, it is, it is spreading, and I appreciate your support and your call. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, Have a good day. You too. Um, Dr. Susan, I think that's wonderful. And I think the other populations we need to reach are MDs and dentists. You know, I think TMJ and uh, some of the other things that that are get hidden, all the emotions get dumped into the body. And we have physical ailments. But if somebody, not necessarily bruises from abuse, but if you're emotionally and psychologically Psychologically abused, your body takes that pain and creates some form of illness or dysfunction, 
Right. And then I think MDs and dentists have a responsibility to also be asking these kinds of well, questions. And, and specific specialty doctors, for instance, OB gynecologists, obstetrics, gynecology, they should ask it in various ways because that's where a lot of abuse, like I said with that example, that first case example, that was my watershed moment. You know, She was getting kicked in her private parts while she was pregnant. That's not unusual for pregnancy to trigger abuse because there's the threat of the partner getting less attention and various other reasons. So OB-GYNs need to be more aware of this. I also think um, dermatologists, because some populations, there are some subgroups that tend to use, I know this is going to sound very um, bold and harsh, but they tend to throw acid on their partners as a form of punishment and abuse. And so you see skin issues that would come up. Um, you know, so various specialty doctors should be involved in it. I also have personally noticed, and I did talk to various um, people who, who deal with breast cancer, both uh, radiologists and cancer oncologists. I personally have seen an enormous amount of breast cancer diagnoses uh, from people who have been in emotionally and physically abusive marriages. So I have talked to people about how do you study this. The problem is teasing it out because we know that stress can impact getting breast cancer. So how would you tease out what was the stress of the marriage versus is there a genetic link in the family? So it's very hard to prove this, but I can just say that clinically I hear it all the time. Well, I I think part of it is that we have lots of situations where two or three sisters have the gene for breast cancer, but only one of them gets it. And so just because you have the gene, and and Dr. Um, uh, Chopra says that only 5% of illness that has to manifest. Um, well, and supposedly, we all have cancer cells. Exactly. And it's how your immune system fights it and how, you know, how healthy are you living emotionally as well as physically. I, I, do, I think there is something about living a positive lifestyle and the whole notion of having your bucket filled and, and, and the whole psychology, positive psychology. I think there's truth to it. I really do. Yes, and so I think we begin, we need to begin to, even if the studies aren't faultless or, 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 you know, aren't perfect, to begin to raise the questions and begin to look at these things so that people can, you know, it, it can be more aware. It's like there, there was a show on NP, I, I'm sorry, on um uh, uh, national broadcast, um, uh, the uh, um, public broadcasting, I'm sorry, that was talking about depression and the six causes of depression. But among those six causes, there was no mention of abuse. Well, that's just, it, it, it makes no sense. that If you're being abused, you get depressed. Yeah, and so, yeah. And so if you don't understand that this can be a cause, then you're not getting treated properly. Right, and if right. we only treat cancer and not the psychological and the, and the um, emotional aspects that are causing it, then there's going to be a reoccurrence or 
something else. Well, what you see at the beginning, if you look at if you look at the book, not the people like us. If you look at the actual path that I drew, um, that the conclusions I came to about this path, you'll see that it starts out sometimes like a low level flu. Will the depression starts out low level where it's just subtle enough that you ignore it, like you're not exactly energetic, you might feel fatigued, you might be turning to alcohol a little more. It's very, it's very subtle to even tease out that you're really going into a depression. Exactly, exactly. And I, but I think those, uh, the triggers or, or the concepts of hopelessness and helplessness that develop do lead to uh, a, a depression that then we say, oh, there's something cellular and you just need a pill and everything will be fine. Well, no, it allows you to continue surviving in abuse, but it doesn't ever help you heal. That's right. And, you know, I run a healing retreat weekends, and I purposely have them as residential because it gets the person away from their everyday elements. And it's, it's really interesting the kind of stuff that, that organically comes out in these weekends when people are away from whatever system is contributing to, to their staying in an abusive relationship or how they're dealing with it. And being with other people who are also going through it or getting out, it, it becomes very transformative, just removing the person from their, their environment just for three days. It's, it's, it's really interesting to see and, and wonderful to see. I, I agree with you, absolutely. And in fact, I remember going to a, a woman's retreat and crying mm-hmm. almost constantly. And I just didn't know where all those tears were coming from. Right. You know, I didn't have it's, very, it's releasing to be in an environment that's safe. In fact, when, when I do the retreats on the confirmation letters and however we work the administrative piece, I do not give the address until the very end and directly somehow we arrange it to that person so no one can know where they are. So it's exceptionally safe, and that allows you to have that release. In fact, one of the respectful jokes that the uh, location I use always makes is, oh, Dr. Weissman's coming, we've got to get more tissues. But that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, you know, uh, because that release is so healing. Exactly. And there's even a healing chemical in tears. And yet we people apologize for crying. And there's no apology. It's it's a human feeling. I mean, we we have that ability for a reason. (laughs) Right. When people say to somebody else, don't cry. That's the worst thing you can say. Because you're really saying, I can't tolerate your crying. That's what you're saying. You're not really soothing them. But yeah, I agree with you. It's very healing to let that out. Yes, and, and in fact, somebody even told me, I'm curious what you think of this, that not even to put your hand on the person who's crying, to be present with them, but, but the touch interrupts their process. And at, kind of, at times, I think that's true. At times, I think, in fact, one of my women, I run women's groups for this weekly, and one of the groups I remember, one of the pe- people in the group, one of the women started crying, and another member of the group immediately went into her purse and pulled out Jolly Rancher candies 
And she said, anybody want one? And she completely tried to break into this woman's process, which I stopped immediately. I took the candy away from her just to put that woman back to where she was in her process. So I don't know. I think that's a judgment call when you touch someone because sometimes a healing touch is good too. But, yes, if you're really in the midst of release, I, I think probably letting them do the process is the best thing. I, I am I'm so grateful for your sharing your time and your wisdom with us. Um, we're getting very close to closing. Just another minute. If you want um, maybe a summary statement and your contact information again, I would be very grateful. Thank you for having me on, first of all. And second of all, again, the way we change this is by validating someone who has the courage to come out about whatever's going on in their situation. And if you can't deal with it yourself, then refer them to, to, you know, people who can. And there's lots of ways to find that on the Internet or even at the local mental health center. Uh, What I do believe is the only way this can change is one mind at a time. And just one person believing someone coming out can make a huge difference in that person's life as well as their children's life and is a huge trickle-down effect. You can reach me. Could I give a phone number, too? Or just, Absolutely. Uh, oh, 312-444-1777, 312-444-1777, or Center.org or drsusanweitzman.com. And then I have Facebook pages, just like me. Follow me at Dr. Susan Weitzman on Twitter. And just, and just stay, stay aware, you know, and notice what's going on around you. And that's the best way to uplift, as you say, and enrich your life and to help others. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the wonderful work you do and for sharing yourself and wisdom with us. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh And I'd like to thank my audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And while you're on the Internet liking Dr. Susan Weitzman, if you like today's show, you can like us as well on Facebook. You can do that by going to my website, paulajoyce.com, where you can also get more information on my services and the books our guests have written, including Dr. Weitzman's book. It's also a good way to contact me if you want to talk about becoming a client and if you mention this show you get a 10% new client discount I hope you'll join us next week when Penny Hader will talk with us about how she found the courage to leave her abusive husband in the meantime if you think of a question about a show or a difficulty in your own life or have an inspirational story to share please leave a phone message at 1-214-736-4460 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. If you have a question, others do too, so help yourself and them by asking it. You can do so anonymously if that feels safer. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. We'll be right back. 